Hi, Broken Laces listeners. It's great to be back for what is likely the final episode of season one. Was hoping to get this out a little bit earlier, but did want to kind of wrap up the season with a conclusive talk about long distance hiking. And today's show will be covering kind of tips for doing a long day hike and prep for doing a, a long through hike, if that's uh, what you're into or planning to do. And just in general, preparing for long distance trails, having read about some of the glorious, wonderful long trails uh, in the United States and around the world, uh, you always kind of have that thought in the back of your head, can I do that? Uh, and rather than hopping into some, you know, three-month commitment, uh, how do you kind of prep yourself for getting up to speed uh, and either A, spending just a long time in the backcountry and or B, just being able to do really long mileage days? Uh, I felt like I could do the first one pretty easy. I had the skills doing enough weekend backpacking trips, but it was just really unclear to me whether I could do those kind of long mileage days. And so I just kind of wanted to talk through some of the hikes that I did in a, just a day hike format to prep myself for the long distance hike that I have done in the John Muir Trail. So again, happy to be back here uh, for the last episode. Uh, again, apologies that I wasn't here sooner, but let's hit the music and get to it. All right. Today we're going to be talking about kind of tips for doing a long day hike. You know, when I say long day hike, I'm thinking 15 plus miles. For some of you out there, if, if five is your kind of normal day hike, maybe it's 10 to 12 for you. But really kind of building up that, that literal and metaphorical muscle to prep yourself uh, physically and mentally into achieving long mileage. And so the idea with this being whether you just want to spend more time in the outdoors or if you are planning for kind of a long through hike, either the Triple Crown or something as short as the John Muir Trail, like how do you start to prep yourself for doing so? And so majority of these tips will be really just preparation. And once you're once you're there doing it, um, there's some mental things that you can practice. There's some, some you know, being in tune with your body and, and kind of how you find sources of joy in doing such a grueling thing. Um, but really, it's about the upfront prep. So we'll spend a good chunk of time talking about that. And in doing so, I'll be referencing kind of three hikes that I've done that are long mileage days. Um, so I kind of wanted to just give you a quick intro to those because I'll probably reference them ad hoc throughout. One being the first one I really did was was kind of a 36 mile, uh, two day, one night. So not really a long day hike, but uh, there were 17 mile day hikes uh, and it started in the Sierra National Forest going to Red Peak, which is the, the highest pass in Yosemite. Uh, it's kind of a backdoor entrance into way to get into Yosemite. So I'll be talking a little bit about that. That was that was a 17 mile in, 17 mile out. Uh, I'll be referencing the Rube Burn Track, which is one of New Zealand's great walks. Uh, that's a 20 mile uh, route that I did in one day. And I'll also be mentioning one of the hikes I just came back from and, and the reason that I was MIA for a while. And that was a section of the Walker's Hout Hout route, uh, if I can enunciate that correctly. Uh, and that uh, I did about a 16 miler uh, in the Western Swiss Alps, uh, which then crossed into the border of France and, and exited the Eastern French Alps. So I'll be referencing those three hikes throughout. I uh, just kind of wanted to be upfront with 
those three different tracks uh, so that you are in tune with it. So the first thing I just really wanted to talk about was prep. Kind of three aspects of prep. One, your trail prep. Two, your personal prep. And three, kind of day of prep. So let's hit the first one, trail prep. You obviously, if you're going to go spend uh, a lot of time in one place, you want to pick a place you really want to see. Uh, the three places that I named, uh, the three examples that I gave, were all pretty just, you know, bucket list, awesome types of places where you only dream of going. Two of them international for me. So just being there and being able to, to spend as much time there was really important to me. So yeah, one one in Yosemite, one in New Zealand, one in the Alps. So right, you're gonna go spend 15, 18 miles hiking, find somewhere that you wanna go. And that's, that should just be obvious. Once you've kind of landed on that spot, you really wanna make sure you get to know the trail, do as much research online as you can, find maps, both kind of generic maps that just kind of document sections or segments and give you some sort of elevation profile. I start with that kind of widespread research so you get a little bit of understanding of when you can complete that hike. Uh, obviously, a lot of, especially if you're doing a mountainous hike, a lot of these places are going to have snow lines. So being really well aware of the time of year you should be hiking. Often you can call ahead to ranger stations or travel tourism boards for the Alps hike. I happened to just call the city that was closest to and they were able to give me kind of a snow line measure, which was really helpful in my hike to know that I should bring um, some kind of micro spikes just in case. And so having that, that idea of trail conditions is super important. Um, and then knowing what this trail looks like, is it mound to back, is it a loop? Uh, two of the hikes that I referenced, uh, the one in New Zealand and the one in the Alps, I was fortunate enough to be uh, doing kind of a road trip version. Uh, my wife was able to kind of drive those 20 miles ahead and kind of have a day to herself so super fortunate to have her along the way to be at the other end. But if, if you don't have that luxury, what kind of transit options do you have to get back to your, uh, you know, original starting point? And if it's a loop like the one I had in Yosemite where I just kind of lollipop looped it, that's obviously ideal. But some of these tracks are, are one way. And so figuring out transportation plans. So all those kinds of things will help you determine whether you pick the right trail, um, whether you have that transportation option, whether the elevation or the season is is not to your bill uh, billing uh, is, is really kind of crucial to you to even know what you're getting into before you start doing physical prep and kind of uh, packing list prep. Right. Uh, so really just, you know, be excited. You should want to be doing this. And, and try to find the right season to do it. Uh, sometimes it's snow lines, sometimes it's bugs. And so really kind of have that understanding going in so that you can have a joyous time on the trail. Second part of trail prep that I would, I would cover is kind of the packing list. Um, the cool thing about doing a long day hike, you don't, have to cut, you don't have to bring all the typical stuff you do in a backpacking trip. So you shed a lot of weight. You're, you're really prioritizing kind of the basics of lots of, of different types of snacks. So kind of high sugar snacks, um, simple carb snacks, those little energy burst snacks. Um, stay, stay a little bit low on the fat. Um, you, you want that quick energy burst. So uh, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm going to sit here and act uh, and tell you what I personally bring uh, or recommend. 
but but you typically want those type of snacks uh, that you can kind of throw in the mouth every every hour or so uh, just to kind of uh, stay energized on the trail. Uh, obviously, I want to do some research on the water and understand uh, how dry it is, how hot it will be on that day. Research the amount of kind of liters or gallons that you need to bring uh, for that trail. Make sure that you check in and understand the conditions on the trail. If you can find water, obviously, then you're just about bringing probably two containers, you know, two liters or whatever. But if you're in a space where you don't think you'll have water, then that's going to make the load a little bit heavier for you. So so know your water situation going in. Being a redhead and, and super pale uh, sun is a big thing. So know your, you know, for me, it's bringing sunscreen, sun hat. Uh, a buff. I like to bring the buff just to, to soak in water um, because you are hiking fast. Um, you will be exposed to sun. Uh, and so finding ways to cool yourself down is, is super important. You'll, you should know as, as you research the seasons, whether you'll need a rain jacket, that's kind of the day before prep of whether you'll need to bring stuff like that. Uh, I like to bring a layer uh, just in case you hike a little bit slower than you intend to and you hit maybe uh, the early evening and having that layer. Uh, depending on, on the, how well the trail's marked, you're going to need to bring maps. Um, my trail in New Zealand, the Ruburn, was really well marked. Uh, I, I basically took a picture of the map of the trailhead, um, knowing going, ahead, going in that it was really well marked, and that was my point of reference. Um, whereas the one, uh, and kind of a mistake I made in my Alps, uh, hike, I thought it would be similar. I thought the Walker's Hout route was so popular and so well documented online that it would just be not only, you know, trail markings and cairns, and I, I legitimately thought there'd be good signage. And fortunately for me, I stopped at the, the tourist office, uh, before the hike and she had me download the Swiss map, uh, free, uh, phone app. And it was perfect. It had, uh, you know, my geolocator just kind of tracking along. And I used that. The negative to that is I didn't bring a kind of an extra charge battery. So having one of those kind of, uh, what do you call it? It's kind of like an extra energy battery that you plug a USB into. The word escapes me right now. But having that, if you're going to use your phone, would have been super important for me as I did run out a little bit of juice towards the end. And so know what kind of map you're going to use is is my point for my yosemite hike i actually had a pretty uh a pretty zoomed in topo map so that was really helpful i had the mileage had all the junctions etc so that was easier than my alps hike you want to bring a basic medical kit if you've hiked you know before you know what you run into if you run into blisters uh often you're going to want to bring that type of stuff and you just want to have a basic medic. You're going to be gone for 10 to 12 hours, so you shouldn't run into anything that's that's too demonstrative in need. But know your body, and if you've hiked before, and I, I would never recommend doing a long-distance hike if you haven't done many, many, many more shorter hikes, you know what you need to make sure your body stays fit. Um, so have that out there. For me, for instance, like I, I have um, some of that preventative kind of uh, and glide blister, um, protection, um, and some like anti-chafing stuff. So yeah, you just, you want to bring that, um, having some extra pair of socks will help in case you have a couple water stream crossings, uh, super important. 
um, sunglasses, obviously, and, and toilet paper and trowel if you feel like you're going to be in need of that. So just your basic day hike items uh, with just a little bit more due diligence and a, a little bit extra than you would do on a normal like three hour hike. So that's kind of the trail prep. I'm sure there's some things that that you may need or or often carry with you. Love for you to just leave leave some comments in uh, the blog post or the the podcast service you use of what else that I maybe may have missed. But I kind of want to hop into the personal prep for such a trip like this, and that's just you knowing your pace. Um, if you've done a lot of uh, shorter day hikes, um, you kind of know what you walk at. I think. Um, for kind of an average fit person averaging two miles an hour um, on a relatively flat grade is kind of where I start. So I know going in that if I'm hiking 18 miles, uh, there's going to be a mix of flat and elevation gain and loss, but I'm going to shoot for about a two hour pace just to start. But as you begin to learn a little bit more about your trail, you you should probably break your trail down into sections and understand kind of where where you're potentially going to be faster and where you're going to be slower. For me, you know, if it's a flat section and it's early in the day when I have a lot of energy, I can probably hit three miles an hour. Uh, and so I know going in that I can I can set that pace. And then as I hit elevation, that could shrink to two to one point five. Uh, one little stat that I've learned about myself is uh, calculating how many feet per mile in elevation gain uh, kind of really affects my pace. So uh, just a number that I've landed on is about 650 feet per mile elevation gain. If you do the math and look at the elevation charts, if it's under that, I can probably maintain my two to 2.5 mile per hour uh, pace. But if you start to go above 650 feet per mile in, in kind of steepness or grade, uh, I'm going to slow down and I'm going to slow down probably to under two, uh, maybe to 1.5. And especially if you have an acclimated at elevation, you're going to slow down. And so just going in and, and understanding your mileage pace. And so doing some shorter day hikes um, with varying kind of grades of altitude and elevation, uh, you're going to start to understand what you possibly can do. And that's going to help you prep uh, for that day and prep for however you organize your transportation. So it's really just important to know kind of your your mathematics around this. And then second, you should just do some training beforehand. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Um, you know your body, you know what you're capable of. Go out uh, on a weekday or weekend and just go knock out four to six miles. And like I said, do it with flat, do, do four to six miles flat and just know your math. And then go do, you know, a three to four mile hike that has a lot of elevation gain and loss and know your math. For me, elevation, you know, going down, um, I can definitely maintain what I would at a flat pace. I don't have that problem that a lot of people have with knees. And so that's something that you have to factor in that's just different for each person. And then obviously build up your mileage. Like if you the longest hike you've ever done is six, don't go knock out a 15 or the same things apply uh, in terms of tips and recommendations that I've given to you today. If you just want to start, you know, up your six to a 10. Same things apply. You just uh, should do it in a little bit of a shorter time. And if you're building up kind of that pace and stamina to do it, maybe you do it in a, 
uh, in a full like six to ten hours or what what have you. And so do that. Build up your mileage. Know you know your body better uh, than than anyone, and so you know where potentially you're going to have some limiting factors. And so whether that's hips or knees or ankles or what joints, you want to be able to build that muscle up so that you can take on not only higher mileage, but just walking for 10 to 12 hours a day. Um, And that's how I look at it. It's not that I'm knocking out 18 to 20 miles because any a trail can be different. I can in the Alps example, I knocked out 16, and that 16 was much harder than the 20 I did in New Zealand. And so it's not necessarily just mileage. It's just you walk for 12 hours a day, or or 14, or what have you. Um, and so it's really building your body up for for doing that kind of amount of work in a day. And then the last thing I want to cover on prep is just kind of day of prep. So, you know, having a really, uh, the most important thing that I can probably provide there is, is trying to get to your trailhead the night before, specifically at elevation, um, for acclimation, you know, to acclimate the one, the two times I've struggled, uh, on long day hikes, uh, were two of these three hikes I mentioned, the one, uh, where I started in Sierra National Forest, I drove from San Francisco that, that morning. And so I went from sea level to, um, I think the trailhead was at 8,000 feet. And I knocked those first 12, 14 miles off uh, really well. But once I hit about 10,000 feet, those last two miles, I really dragged. Um, and fortunately for me, I, I, I recognized that and I didn't see, I, you know, I didn't feel like I was getting sick. Um, but it just slowed me down. And a similar thing happened in the Alps where we slept at a, a pretty good elevation, but the trailhead was much higher and and I just tired a little bit uh, once I got high. Um, so the best thing you can do kind of the day of or the night before is just trying to get as close to the trailhead as possible. Second thing is, um, you know, getting a good meal in the night before, the night of. The night before, I tried to prioritize protein and carbs um, protein, just, uh, you know, digest a little bit slower. It's good for, uh, muscle buildup, uh, and carbs, obviously being that if, if it's a complex carb being kind of that energy storage for you. And then in the morning doing more kind of simple carbs, stuff that can burn, uh, quicker, uh, again, not a nutritionist. Um, I think that's pretty generic based knowledge. Um, but if, if you need more info on that, there's plenty of research online. I'd, I'd kind of welcome you to go look at that. The other thing you can do kind of day of is just making sure you're snacking throughout the day and and making sure you're just kind of keeping in tune with your body, which is uh, something that I'm going to cover here in a little bit. So that's all the prep. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of what goes into succeeding in such a long hike is is not only having yourself prepped, not only having kind of mentally prepped, but it, it it all factors into you being really comfortable with walking into this space because you could learn the day of that the snow line, it was worse uh, than you expected. And that's an example that I learned in my recent Alps hike. I was kind of going in knowing the snow line was at a certain elevation and I wasn't going to hike to that. But in this particular trail, um, just with how the mountain was, uh, you know, north facing, I hit snow. And fortunately, I had um, some micro spikes. Fortunately, I had a good navigational system to to get around that point. 
Um, but that was something going in that was unexpected. And it was something that I kind of had to tackle when I got there. And it was a, a really cool challenge and opportunity for me to, to figure that out. So the second thing I want to cover is just kind of your mental attitude going into this. It's a little bit different than your typical three to four mile day hike. You're not necessarily going on a walk for reflection where you're stopping and acknowledging nature. Um, not that you can't do that. It's just a different mental attitude, um, almost like a marathon where you have to go in and the goal is, is to really tackle that heavy mileage day, uh, lots of hours. And so just go in there having the right mental attitude that we're not going to stop every 15 to 20 minutes. Um, to, you know, readjust something or to take a photograph of this or that. Um, again, not that you can't do that. And in a couple of tips from now, I'll recommend that you do that. But you just really have to be conscious about um, going in and saying this is a, a, a physical walk and I'm approaching it as such. That can go in knowing your segments. Um, like I said earlier, if it's it's flat in the beginning, then I know going in that I probably want to knock off two and a half, three miles in the first hour. It's not that I have a wristwatch and I'm actively tracking it, but I have milestones throughout the hike, whether it's a hut that's on the hike or a waterfall. And I kind of know when I need to be there. And if I'm there within kind of a 15 to 30 minute range on either side, then I'm, I'm pretty happy. And it just allows you to kind of track yourself and gauge how the hike is going. When I was doing the root burn in New Zealand, I was way ahead of schedule. I actually stopped at a lake and I had a book with me and I read for 45 minutes because I know uh, I was going to get to the trailhead or the end of the trail um, early before my wife picked me up. So that was something that I was aware of, whereas the hike in the Alps, I was basically behind schedule for majority of it because of the amount of snow fields that I ended up hitting. So just kind of know when you're supposed to hit different uh, kind of milestones throughout um, and not, don't get worried or, or hurried. Um, you're out there and, and you know that you're going to accomplish it in a day. So it's, it's just kind of more of a, a mental check and a checkpoint throughout. And then there is, there is uh, some benefit to knowing kind of what are the worst scenarios that I can encounter. Um, I already mentioned one in the Alps where I knew I had to navigate a pass with snow. Um, so I knew going in that navigation was something that I might confront. I got off trail for a little bit. I knew that was a possibility, um, but I knew how to stop and kind of rearrange myself and not necessarily get frustrated, frustrated or flustered to the point where I'm like, I'm going to walk back. Um, but it was something that I'd mentally kind of prepped um, and knew that it was something that I could run into. Similarly, in, in the Yosemite hike, uh, it was the first time, it might have been one of my, the A's, definitely my first solo hike that I did that was that long. Um, but I knew going in that, you know, I could, this could be a really quiet time. I was entering a trailhead that not many people went on. Uh, I knew I could be by myself for an, a good amount of it, um, which was very welcome. Um, but I just really had to mentally accept that, um, that I was, I was going to be alone for a good 36 hour period. Um, and to do, you know, 30 plus miles in that time, um, for some that could be a little wearing. And so just know what your, your kind of worst possible situation is. And, and it's a good recommendation for any length of hike. Um, but being that you're not getting 12, 14 hours of hiking out, um, that for you could be blisters, um, that for you could be you know, wet feet, because uh, you know there's a lot of river crossings. That for you could mean acclim acclimate, uh, you know, problems with acclimation. 
So, no, kind of play those through your head. It's just a kind of an appropriate Zen way to think about it. And, and that way, um, when it potentially hits, uh, you're, you're prepared for it. And then the last kind of mental attitude tip is just kind of distracting yourself at times. When you're walking that fast, um, you, your head may be looking down at the feet and navigating rock, um, rocks and other debris. Um, and so uh, most day hikes that I do, I'm, I'm, you know, irritated at somebody who's got headphones in or I'm irritated at somebody who's not enjoying nature. But uh, this is more of a physical walk. And sometimes, you know, putting a podcast on uh, this podcast um, and distracting yourself is, is a good thing uh, for you to pass time. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that a lot. I hope I don't get any hate mail for that. Um, but this is uh, kind of a physical marathon. And, and similarly to those who run marathons, you sometimes need to find a way to distract yourself. Last thing I want to cover as I'm, I'm wrapping up here is just knowing uh, and being in tune with your body throughout the hike. Um, some common things that you know of, and if you're doing that much physical exertion, you can imagine dehydration is an issue. Um, you can feel the cramps. You can kind of see the color of your your urine if it's if it's you know darker than lemonade. You need to drink more water. You know, going in, what are potential pressure points? So whatever you can do up front to support um, those sore hips or those sore knees um, is essential. Um, you might bonk. Bonk means kind of when your body just feels like it's shutting down, the energy reserves are gone, and it's depleting kind of your glycogen store. And so having and preparing and knowing when you need kind of that sugar lift. Um, and so the different snacks that I mentioned earlier where you can get some energy boosts. And just really being in tune and knowing kind of what your limiting factor is. Um, you know, for me, it, it used to be cardio and being out of breath, but I feel like I've developed that stamina going in. But that cardio might be an elevation issue too. And I've already mentioned in two of those three hikes that once I hit that 10,000 foot level, that you just, you, you need to slow down and you need to be in tune with your body that, hey, I'm going to walk the next hour and only do 1.2 miles. And you have to be able to accept that. As I mentioned, food, water, heat exhaustion, just being really well aware of, of how your body's responding and taking time to kind of mentally chart through that. Um, and adjusting and you have to adjust your mileage pace if your body's telling you something different so that all being said that's a lot of prep that, that's a lot of kind of mental and physical checks throughout but I, I have to end on with the only reason you're doing this is to find some source of joy and for those who like to challenge ourselves and prove to us that we can do it just like those runners out there who have to hit that marathon it is a source of joy. Uh, it's a source of pride to accomplish a challenge like that and put your body through that much grueling fatigue and hours. Um, but find a way to, to find that source uh, throughout. And, and as I mentioned, that's talking to others as they come through. I totally recommend if you're running into others who are going the opposite way uh, to not only talk and connect, but that's a, a good way for you to find out trail conditions and intel going ahead. Um, and that's a huge source of comfort for you as you are navigating that much mileage. I know when I was in the Alps and I passed the first snow pass, just to talk to people afterward and say, is there anything up there that you ran into that's difficult? And, and getting that kind of reassuring, confident, if you've gotten this far, you're good, um, is really important. So just 
talk to others and, and find that something that you can do, whether that's, you know, photographs. Um, for me, it's just like cell phone camera. Uh, for some, it's journaling. Um, for some, it's listening to a podcast. For me, it's definitely putting my head in a waterfall if I find it. Um, and definitely celebrate the milestones along the hike. Obviously, you're going to hit a few passes if you're doing kind of mountainous trails. Uh, you might find a hut you can eat lunch at. Um, you might find an epic panoramic view. Stop and acknowledge those spots. Um, you don't have to have, you know, three miles an hour every segment. But you should know going in kind of where some potential stopping points for you. And at last, I, I always end a, a massive hike like that with some sort of celebration. And so whether that's a, a, a cool handshake with whoever's at the end or some sort of, um, you know, celebration you see athletes doing, uh, a dance, a, a singing, however you want to do it, like you just achieve something really monumental. Um, not many people out there hike 15 miles a day. Um, and this will just get you prepared for more of these, uh, specifically when you're traveling to places you may never be. Um, it's really hard to go do everything and see everything. And, and if you're on vacation and you want to see the Alps or uh, the Fjordland National Park in New Zealand, the best way to see it is to just hike as many miles as you can spend down there. And so that just allows you the opportunity to, to kind of have that experience and prep you for your future trails. So I hope that was helpful. Uh, again, this should be wrapping up season one. There might be like a surprise bonus podcast that comes around the corner, uh, working out a few details. Uh, the intent was to do this in a, an episodic season format uh, with the goal of me spending some time to uh, market it, uh, go go find some some partners, potentially me go on me go on and be a guest on other podcasts just so we can see if we can blow this up a little bit uh, with the goal of me being back in the start of 2020 with a new season. So want to give a massive thanks to all my supporters out there on Patreon, the supporters who've reached out to me just via all the social media and all of those who've been passing the word along about this podcast. It's been a joy to, to produce, a joy to find all the guests this year, and I hope to have you back. Uh, next year. All right, guys. We'll see you later.